We call him Hi, welcome to Weekly Heroics, uh, Two True Freaks Guide to Heroes on TV, and uh, we're doing something pure preacher cast still this uh, this time around, and um, um, not myself tonight. I don't know who the fuck I am, but I'm not myself. <laughs> but I am wearing the name tag anyway of Scott McGregor, and I'm joined by Chris Tyler, the hair metal hero, Brian Hughes, and Pat Delmore, and uh, Beth is Ooh. is under the weather weather weather. Or something, but y'all, <laughs> y'all can wave hi. I'm going to shut up and see if I can find my tongue. <laughs> Lucy got it. Yeah, it might be. Uh, water to wine, ah. upper to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we might have to break out a little of the boom chicka wow wow music for this particular episode. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. We're covering, um, we, we do have a little housekeeping actually. We have email to read. Yay. Excellent. Very rare occasion. Uh, weeklyheroics at yahoo.com. If you want to join the club, jump on the bandwagon, be one of the cool kids, you can email us too. And, that mail uh, wasn't uh, a cease and desist order, was it? No, it was a uh, <laughs> it was a clarification uh, letter from our buddy David Pasquarella. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Nice. And he makes a couple references to a couple episodes ago, so we'll try to suss that out. But uh, just a short one. Gentlemen, to answer your burning questions, one, I do not watch Preacher and I've never read the comic. Two, of course, I listen to the podcast. <laughs> so... Consistent. Thy name is David Pascarella. Um, I think a sister podcast would be a great idea. And and I had to ask Dave for clarification on this because my memory sucks. And it's when we were talking about our sisters and some of our various issues. And I thought uh. I actually edited that out, but apparently I didn't. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> so David's very down with coming on a bash your sister podcast if necessary because her that his, could land me in a whole world of hurt. So <laughs> yeah, I'm in her house, so I can't say anything. Yeah, right. So um, yeah. But apparently, David's sister, sister or sister—I think it was sister-in-law, maybe. That might have to be a private recording, passed among friends. <laughs> yeah, that's what I told him. I'm like, I'm not sure that's a great idea. <laughs> but uh, it is a great idea. But yes, it's a, it should be like a group therapy thing, maybe, and not necessarily a broadcast thing. <laughs> but uh, he goes on regarding the show Friends. I was lucky enough to dodge that bullet the first time around and no desire to ever see it now. Keep up the great work and a great podcast. So, yep, he's even, you know, David, David is a hardcore listener, man. He's, he's, he's referencing, referencing stuff that I didn't even remember we talked about. So, yes, we did end up talking about friends. Thank uh, you. Thank you for the, for the email again, Dave. It's, it's good to be consistent. We, uh, we wish you could uh, infect other people with your joy of writing. Indeed. (laughs) To us. Um, uh, well, we're going to drag him on some, uh, when we get back to the other stuff that he does watch, we're going to drag yes. him on some weekly heroics. Um, it's going to be tough because we do have, 
Inhumans dropping pretty soon. That. So yeah, well, I think we're gonna handle that's like a mini series. I think we'll handle that as like one honking. All right, all right. That's like the Defenders, which will also be coming out soon. Uh, I guess the other business I wanted to to say is that uh, apparently early reviews are in on the Inhumans and it sucks, but I don't believe it until I see it. So there's that. I'm gonna get it's gonna be. I'm gonna get see Lockjaw. So yeah, it's got yeah. I was gonna say it's got Lockjaw and it's got. Serinda Swan, so I'm, my eyes will be on it. Lockjaw alone basically gives it a base of like a C minus. So I mean, you're fucking golden, you know. Yeah. Right. And how Give many? How many of these that. reviewers are actually people that read the Inhumans? Who knows? I mean, to to recognize anything, even even you know, if you just read the little bits and pieces that that John Byrne did, or uh, was it Sal Basima that did that last good miniseries in the eighties? You know, I mean, because that's mostly what they're going to be pulling from, I would assume. I, I, of course, I haven't not read the, uh, the later Inhumans. Not that Jay Lee one, the really popular one. Oh, the, yeah, there's probably that, though I didn't read it myself. Me, me neither. I don't know. Um, as I said, I'm, I'm, they had me at Lockjaw, so uh, it doesn't even matter. But, I mean, I think it's... Uh, we're going to have we'll have plenty of time to talk about this on the Inhumans cast, because that'll be happening. And uh, the, the the reviewers being wrong or right will be very evident soon enough. I think it starts uh, like September 29th or something like that. Uh, none of you all caught the IMAX, I take it? or I oh, did not have the opportunity, no. unfortunately. Yeah, I wanted to, but I just couldn't swing it financially or time-wise. So. I spent my time getting the opportunity to see Wrath of Khan in the theater. So. Yeah, yeah, good call. I did, strangely enough, the one review, good review I did read of the Inhumans was on the site that's been bashing them from the day the first fucking picture came out, io9 Gizmodo. I don't even know. Oh, well, it's... One of that fucking rag anymore, but... Because it hurts, man. I've read that site for like ten years, and it's gone downhill. But um, they actually said they enjoyed the the IMAX experience. One of the main reviewers that's been bashing it all along. He's like, "Well, that was actually better than I thought." So who knows? But let's move on to Mister Custer. We're rolling Not towards right. the end of the uh, the third season, second season of uh, of Preacher. And I know we've been talking about uh, this is spoilers for a few episodes from now. Not really, but the talking preacher preacher after the season finale pretty much confirmed that there will be a third season. So, oh, all right. Or at least the season finale definitely, you know, assures you that they ain't done yet. No, so. <laughs> no spoilers, please. Cause I'm, okay. yeah, I'm a couple episodes behind. So not been able to watch the episode well, yet. Just, just be sorry, but be confident that we will be seeing more of that crew in a year. Great. Good. Great. And here we go. Our episode tonight is Season 2, Episode 10, Dirty Little Secret. And we, we demanded that Mr. We couldn't record this until Hero was with us on this one. We had some scheduling problems, but yeah, him and me it's are all, the ones that have been waiting for this episode basically since we started. It is. It's all right. Uh, in an ancient cave home, a man has wild sex with a married woman. Uh, she wants him to stay for supper, but he, he said he's already had his supper and he can't stay because he has something he needs to do for his daddy. <laughs> and the man asks the woman to keep their affair a secret, though, and he, he lets down his hair, and lo and behold, it's Jesus, and Jesus kind of talks like a dude bro for some reason, but whatever. Why wouldn't he? Sure. 
<laughs> did, Except did the little, Aramaic, you know. Did the silhouetted sex remind you of Austin Powers? Oh, yeah. I'm sure that's what they're going for. <laughs> for your benefit there at home, David Pascarell, yeah, this is basically a montage of uh, just any sex, you know. They managed quite a few uh, different positions and such in that little uh, shadow, you know, montage that we got to see. And you can thank the Romans for that. Yeah, <laughs> yes, you can. And, and Jesus is apparently a, a limber little mix. Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Render unto uh, anonymous uh, Hebrew woman what she wants to, I guess. <laughs> so Jesus' uh, disciples come knocking, and uh, the Thaddeus uh, sees the rumpled clothes on the floor and realizes what's just transpired. Uh, although, um, of course, Jesus is kind of like, you know, I was just coming to heal this woman. She's ailing, you know, and she gives a little cough. And, you know, like, yeah, okay. Dude. I'm not going to chill, bro. Okay. Um, Best line, best line from that though. Judas will meet us at midnight with the getaway donkeys. Right, yes. yes. <laughs> you have to remember to throw that in there. Here, I'm like, brains to scramble, but I should have my notes. So, yeah, uh, and he tells the woman then not to worry. You know, as everyone else leaves, Thaddeus is like, your secret's safe with me. And, uh, opening credits and uh, a nice shot of hair, stars, nipple chain. Uh, in, in the opening credits, which I've never mentioned before for some reason. In the present day, uh, Hair Star sits with Jesse at the bar and admits that he was the one trying to have him and his friends killed and tells him all about Grail Industries. Star offers to help Jesse in his quest for God, and Jesse immediately attacks him and uses Genesis. He basically hits him over the face, knocks him off his stool, and asks, uh, <laughs> and he does it with one of his three ring binders. And that's, uh, you know, Star Wars, Gen- or where God is, using Genesis, and he doesn't know. Star says that God is last seen in New Orleans, kind of duh, and that the Grail covered up his disappearance by killing the actor on the audition tape. So, that mystery solved. Again, he offers the Grail's resources to help him look for God, and he decides Jesse isn't a three-ring binder kind of guy, other than to use it as a weapon. And he offers to take him to proof of their, their power and resources. So Jesse gets in Star's Jeep, Star places the obligatory hood over his head, and and we see that the driver has his headphones on. Uh, side note here. Um, you know, as far as using, like, you know, when you put something over someone's head so they don't see where you're going, never, ever use white. I, I Anybody, you same. can see right through it. Yeah, yeah. But that's, I, I'm not saying this from experience or anything. Just, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Mm, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's that. Now, to be fair, that doesn't say if you had the bag over your head or if you put the bag over somebody's head. So, <laughs> your, your your secret is safe with us. Well, you know, the Grail's very meticulous about their motif. You also have to use a high thread count too. You, you know? gotta go. Oh, yeah, gotta get that Egyptian cotton. Yeah, I mean, using know. using yeah, full white uniforms in the whole uh, you know uh, stealthy insertion. That's what she said. Um, you know, with the guns and the, the Call of Duty show we got to see when they were in the uh the shoot 'em up that's what i'm trying to say you know that's not the best camouflage either but right. again white you're gonna say something pat save me oh i just said it was symbolism <laughs> has to be has to be white yeah <laughs> has to be white jesus save me tonight uh 
All right, you know, I'm going to milk my audience for some sympathy. I just found out, like, minutes ago, well, 30 minutes, um, that, like, my mom's longtime dog had to be put down. I love this dog, and I'm a fucking wreck, so apologies, audience. (laughs) So, here we go. Tulip startles awake after dreaming about the Saint of Killers again, and um, Tulip knocks on Cassidy's bedroom door and finds him and Dennis in the middle of a little orgy thingy with two women, and uh, she asks if Cass has seen Jesse, and she offers to make them breakfast, and Cass says, you know, come on in, we're about to play Twister. Um, (laughs) I haven't thought about Naked Twister in years. Okay, okay, yeah, but think about playing Naked Twister with your dad. Yeah, that's it. Well, your son. No. Your son. son. No. (laughs) No. They're vampires. They're above such things. They don't. Well, care. yeah, I don't think they'd probably creep Cassidy out, but Dennis doesn't care. He just wants. It's you know. it's New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's Chinatown, man. Um, <laughs> forget it, Jake. <laughs> Where was I? Uh, Featherstone uh, visits Tulip to get her gun back and notices Tulip's emotional state. And after dropping an egg, Tulip just kind of breaks down and just give Ruth Nega all the fucking Emmys because when she cries, it's like angels weep too. And she just, her eyes, man. And <laughs> in trouble with a new girlfriend. But, honey, I got it. Just, this one's got to be on my pass list. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> she can have hers. She can have hers. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, she she when she turns on the waterworks, it's good stuff. That's why she's an Oscar-nominated actress, kids, and she's on our weirdo show. I love it. <laughs> what I like is you throw in friend references without realizing you're throwing in friends references. Well, thank God, it's only friend <laughs> references if you've sat through that whole abysmal fucking series, Brian. You realize that. Right? <laughs> They're only Easter eggs if you have something to connect it to. <laughs> Where is there is preacher? Is preacher trolling the friends fans? Is that what you're saying? Oh, I don't know. That they're throwing in little friends because that I could see coming from. Seth no, Lundin. you're the one. You were the one that threw in basically your 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 free uh, stup. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and that's that's what I'm talking about. They basically uh, some of them made lists of, of people they're allowed to have sex with, even oh. though they're in a relationship. I can't believe that's an exclusive idea to friends or me for that. Matter. Oh no, no, not at all, not at all. But it was a friends reference when you're not a friends watcher. So <laughs> I think that you know started as soon as relationships started happening, and then there were other prettier people that you weren't in a relationship with you know, that you could. I don't know. Yeah, just let's just chew this foot right down to the fucking bone tonight. Let's uh, continue. <laughs> uh, Jesse walks through a metal detector. It stars off as, and of course, you know, he had any nipple rings. You know, he makes the motion. <laughs> uh, no, no, should have been like, but but I got a huge spike through my cock. Um, <laughs> now that would have been the Jesus decide, not uh, yeah. Ah, uh, the Pope and the Archbishop of Canterbury are waiting inside. <laughs> yeah. Quite an audience. <laughs> Featherstone minds Tulip for some trust and information by offering a sympathetic ear, and of course she opens up about everything from the search for God to the saint. Um, Tulip exclaims uh, that Jesse was uh, saint, uh, sent the saint to hell with his mind power, but she still feels uneasy. 
and uh, she may or may not have shared details about Dallas. We don't know. Uh, Featherstone assures her that she's not crazy, and she kind of plants some little seeds of doubt about the saint actually being in hell. That's pretty much their mission at this point, is to split up the trio. Cassidy tells Tulip yeah. that he's... Oh, go ahead, Brian. Well, I'll just say, you know, a couple things going back there. You know, when you're when uh, he's talking to Hare Star, and uh, I mean, when they of course meet the Pope and the the Archbishop of Canterbury, there, the uh, the different theories that they threw out, and that's coming up in the next. Oh, that's that's coming up. I'm, I'm getting. I'm, <laughs> that's a good. Yeah, no, that's that's all right. Not like I watched it 20 minutes ago, getting ready for this. You know, <laughs> I, I didn't actually, but I. I just scrambled. I watched it last week, last time. But no, the other thing I wanted to point out, and, and it's just silly that, that that this kept sticking in me, is when Jesse was going through the metal detector. You know, he's pulling all the stuff out of his pockets. He's got that big honking metal belt. Yeah, belt yeah that didn't set it off. That yeah. didn't and set his, it off. And his collar is metal. Yes, his collar is metal. Yeah. Well, that's true, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right, 10 demerits at 10 points off of the continuity department or Slytherin, whichever comes first. Well, they want to slow things down by having to have to take the belt off. You know, that's just... Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's all. You were saying? I, well, the Pope and the Archbishop of Canterbury. Uh, walk into a bar and... <laughs> no, wait. Uh, <laughs> it does start, sound like a start to a joke, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, Cassidy tells Tulip that he's going out to breakfast with uh, Dennis and the girls. After she cooked for them. How dare you. Dennis seems to be menacing one of the girls a bit badly, and after he leaves, Featherstone comments that Cassidy is cute. And Tulip's like, huh? What? Really? Think? He's all right in the back of a car for five minutes, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Jesse asked the Pope, yeah, but I didn't see his face then. Uh, Jesse asked the Pope and Archbishop if they know where God is. Here we are. And the Archbishop says that God is on the run from a cabal of angels. While the Pope claims that God gave up on man and created a new species, which is what my sources tell me will be ten feet tall and smell like a honey badger. and <laughs> Prowess of a lion. Yeah, yeah. The power of flight right. and the sense of smell of the honey badger. Yeah, Jesse just kind of looks at Star and he's like, nobody fucking knows, do they? He's like, yeah, that's what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> the, first, the first time I watched it, uh, all I could do was flashback to whenever they, when they first did the Pope on Family Guy. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was. It's like Peter's zest for life is an affirmation of God's grace. <laughs> you went soft on me, Holy Father. <laughs> <laughs> what were you gonna say about this scene, Brian? Just well, no. I mean, you, you got it right there with the whole thing. The the different my sources say that yeah. when I heard that, I was just like, oh man, even they're so full of shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. but. Exactly what you know. Every parochial school kid is like, "You're so bad. God gave up on you." Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and created a race of supermen. <laughs> <laughs> now, I did like when they were when they were given the whole discussion. He said, "You know, he gave up on the dinosaurs," and I was just like, "Now that's that's something you just you just don't hear anywhere." Yeah. And and to hear that as a concept, you know, just like a sister opens whole vistas that people would sit there and, and and could mine and discuss. 
Uh, that Pope must have come from the Jesuits then, because that's probably the only order that would even go there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's kind of a call back to the end of the first season, too, because remember when they were all shouting questions at God, and one of the first one was, what happened with the dinosaurs? All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, answered. He just, you know, they fucked up, too. <laughs> You would think after we fucked up that he would go back to something you know, like tall and more dinosaur-like or something. I guess <laughs> he was going for something in between. <laughs> uh, so Star quickly ushers out the Pope and the Archbishop, and uh, but the Pope actually, you know, says, "Well, the boy knows," you know, and, and Jesse wasn't supposed to hear that. So using Genesis, Jesse demands to know who the boy is, and and Star says he's the Messiah. And uh, we flash back to the ancient cave once again. Jesus' lover gives her baby, Jesus' baby, to Thaddeus. Thaddeus vows to protect the baby in his bloodline and then orders the mother to be killed. Um, Star tells Jesse that the Grail has protected Christ's lineage in preparation for the end of the world, which, uh, at which point the Messiah, Jesus' 25th great-grandson, will reveal himself. And using Genesis, Jesus commands Star to bring him to the Messiah. I just love it when Jesse uses the the word on star because he's just okay. You know, yeah, he goes from like, just this imposing, commanding figure to okay, <laughs> which I guess is how it would work. Uh, we, we get to ha- see it have uh, more extreme um, results soon. <laughs> Cassidy and Dennis take their dates to uh, the arcade, and Dennis bites one of his date in the photo booth, uh, scaring the woman off. And Cassidy reminds Dennis that he cannot act on his new appetites. You know, we know you're growing hair in funny places, Dennis, and uh, your, voice, your voice is changing. But uh, you got to not murder people in public. <laughs> that was a great moment. I just love that. Yeah. Father son talk. Yeah, it's just in reverse. Be, it's got to be the puberty subtext going on here. <laughs> They're just hammering at home. It's great stuff. Um, Tulip and Featherstone play some video games. And a little, uh, I forget what the name of the band is, but uh, trivia time, kids. Um, the video game they're playing, the song on that, the guy playing Jesus and someone else is the lead singer of the band who plays the song that Tulip's playing Guitar Hero uh. for. I care about what song it was now. Me either. I'd never heard of them or the music, but hey, well done for making shit matter. Oh, I know the I know, know the song. I can't yeah. remember what it was now. It's been a week since I've watched it. So the right. guy, so the guy that played Jesus also played Humperdoo. Mm-hmm. Had okay. to have been. Yep. Oh, and here where we get to, uh, you know, Featherstone takes over the guitar and, and starts speaking enviously of uh, Tulip's life of robbing banks in Dallas and looking for God. And then Tulip's all like, I never told you about Dallas. And Featherstone insists that she did when she was upset and she probably just didn't remember and asked to use the bathroom. So in the bathroom, Featherstone calls Hoover up to ask for his help. And when she walks out, Tulip confronts her and asks her about Dallas again and demands to know who she is. And it says, you know, this Rodney is, you're just making up your boyfriend. This is all bullshit. Who are you? And they're interrupted by a belligerent knocking on the door. Hoover, pretending to be Rodney, um, the ex of Featherstone's Jenny, and uh, yells in the hallway. He uh, smacks Featherstone, and Tulip comes up with a guitar and beats him over the head. (laughs) 
Featherstone <laughs> kicks him, and, and Hoover's having a rough day at work, and they, they break out in laughter. Tulip treats Featherstone's wound in Dennis's bathroom, and Featherstone notices the loose tile hiding the saint's weapons and suggests that Tulip fixes it. She's trying to actually... She knows what's under there. She's trying to... Because of surveillance, so she's trying to push her to find things. Star puts a hood over uh, Jesse's head, and they embark on a long journey to the Messiah's hiding spot. They finally arrive at their destination, and Star and Jesse enter the Messiah's chamber, and Jesse kneels before the Messiah and asks if he's on the right path. And the Messiah promptly proceeds to piss on Jesse. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just squealing in in evil comic fan joy at that point. Like, oh, they fucking went there. (laughs) So, and obviously he reveals himself to be an inbred simpleton named Humperdoo. And uh, he starts to hump Hairstar's leg a bit. And and, and likes caressing his bald head. Uh, Shiny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have... uh, The fact that they got to this so fast... um, I was or thrilled at all, just or at, at all, all. Yes, I just really didn't think. And coincidentally enough, a few episodes back, we were talking about it's like why hasn't some church group started after this shit yet? Yeah, well, Guess because what, you know kids? why? Because the comic was twenty years ago and nobody read it. It wasn't a, it, it wasn't a huge hit. I mean, right, it did right. well enough, and now that it's on TV, it's it, everybody's coming out of the woodwork. Oh yeah, but I was just surprised it took. I mean, we've had a few you know, irreverent things earlier on in the last season and a half before we got here that I thought might have triggered somebody, but no, it was this one. Now, did they, were they protesting the opening segment or were they protesting Humperdoo or were they just go for the whole thing altogether? I think it was, a lot of it was the, the opening, but you know, this obviously had something, you know, the people that, that get offended by these things have to watch them seven or eight times to, to, realize how offended they should be so and and all that <laughs> offense all it does is it makes other people want to watch it yeah. that's oh, yeah. it, yep. I, I, look yep. to be fair to be fair, Humper doing this, not, not as retarded as Humper doing the comic. No, it's not at all. That's, yeah. I, I immediately remembered that from the comics when I was like, wait a minute, I know what's going to happen here as soon as they get into the room. And, and didn't he have like an enormous overbite and like crossed eyes? Oh, yeah. And he's a lot smaller because people were a lot smaller yeah. 2,000 years ago. Right. Yeah. Water to wine, Humper to do. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, it wasn't quite as, but I mean, even if they went this far, it's just glorious. All right, so I figured out the real meta connection here. the The guy who played Jesus and Humperdinck is Tyson Ritter. He's the lead singer for the All American Rejects, okay. and their song is "Dirty Little Secret." Nice, yeah. Oh, so there we yep. go. Yeah, but uh, I say kudos for, uh, for to them. You know, for if you're going to go to the bell, ring it, and uh, they certainly right. did with this one. Yeah. So I mean. Walking Dead opened a lot of doors for AMC, man, and God bless him for taking them. <laughs> yeah. Keeping them open. <laughs> I mean, you can always do the gore, but people still, you know, people don't give a fuck about the gore. You can do anything gory, but people still get a little touchy about their religious figures. <laughs> uh, it's a fictional story. Yeah. <laughs> It's where drama. It's where drama happens. That's, that's the idea. Some people can't seem to grasp that concept. Uh, hey, don't like it? Don't watch it. That's always been my motto. Exactly. If I had to have a motto, 
So uh, Jesse tries to use Genesis. Uh, he, we also get to notice that Jesse's staring at Humperdue's desk and sees lots of drawings of dogs, in particular a very Dalmatian-looking dog. Mm. Um, where mm-hmm. we've seen that before. And so Jesse uses Genesis to ask Humperdue uh, where God is, and Humperdue grows extremely agitated, and apparently he does not know himself even. So, uh, Maybe he does. Yeah, and just, yeah, maybe he's standing right there for all we know uh he obviously has some kind of fixation on dog creatures uh but he might just be having you know memories of dad from dad or dog uh from from back in the heavenly womb i don't know i'm so tired today (laughs) tulip starts to fix the loose bathroom tile but gets sidetracked by cassidy who invites her to play some video games uh, Featherstone watches Tulip on the spy camera and she tells Hoover that Tulip almost fixed the loose tile but got distracted and I wish I could just kill her. You know, basically. <laughs> Hoover reminds her that Star merely ordered them to break up Tulip and Jesse. You know, and she's like, yeah, I'm a good soldier. Tulip finally goes to fix the tile again and discovers the Saint's guns and sword uh, hidden underneath. Back in the Jeep, uh, Star tells Jesse that he has wasted his life serving someone who cannot rule. Um, so he proposes that Jesse fill the vacuum left by God. Why go on looking for God when you could just be him? And he asks him, Jesse accuses him of blasphemy, and Hair Star is just like semantics. <laughs> <laughs> Star drops Jesse off at the apartment complex and again offers to help him find God. Jesse insists that he has friends who can help them. Do you? Star asks, and Jesse sees Dennis swagger down the street with blood on his face. Star tells Jesse to think about his proposition. End credits. Ah, uh, yeah. And, and Tulip has the Saint's guns yeah. in front of her. Yep. Yeah. And uh, we'll probably be having a discussion about that next episode, I think, <laughs> with Jesse. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure this episode caused a lot of people to drop off watching if they hadn't already. Um, uh, you know, I, I doubt it really did. I mean, this group that that protested it protests anything, you know. And, did, yeah, didn't one of us get an email from their father saying, I'm oh, done, I'm was, out? That exactly, you, yeah. yeah. But that yeah. wasn't this episode, was it? It was this episode. Oh, okay. And he'd been he'd been run a little ragged by by the episode before, mm-hmm. with, uh, with the drone and everything. And he did, he really didn't like Dennis. And then just the opening of it got to him, and basically he thought it was creatively bankrupt. <laughs> like, See, I would argue. Oh, it. He, yeah, he said I, he said Jesus could have just sneezed and gotten her pregnant. Yeah, but where's the fun in that? Yeah. <laughs> well, if you if you take a and look, then, if you take a I look at to, Jesus, and depending upon your view yeah. of Christology, if whether it's if you take a look at the high Christology, yeah, he probably wouldn't have boned her. But if you're a low Christologist, then yes, then he was also fully man. Then he would have boned her. Yeah. This is the Jesuit in me coming out. This is what happens when you go to a private Jesuit high school and college. <laughs> so <laughs> I yeah, feel I tried, like I can I talk about this. <laughs> Uh, oh, I tried to win him over on the. Well, what about the? You know that great that great scene with the the you know the Pope, and now he doesn't know anything, and he and he was just like, no, God <laughs> is not God. <laughs> no, the whole premise of the show is now completely faulty. 
That's the whole premise of the show. Yeah, it was the premise yeah, from like, Blade. Which he, had, which he had previously like really liked, <laughs> but it just it broke it, it broke him. I, I can see that happening. I, I, it strains me occasionally too. Just I, well, not so much like I'm sure my religious beliefs are currently, but uh, it doesn't really touch those as just my deep ingrained sense of like why do I like all this dark twisted comedy. <laughs> I mean, well, that's the thing. It's like, what? That's what makes the show interesting is the fact uh, why that. Why does Jesus pissing, or Jesus' uh, descendant pissing on a preach make me happy? Because <laughs> it's, it's funny. Here's the thing, though a show like this is definitively stating that, yes, there is an all powerful being at the center of our universe. It was, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's directly stating that there is there is a god. Just so happens that there's stuff going on with them. Yeah, you would think that would make the god people happy, you know. Uh, they're never happy. No. <laughs> it's meditate. What it's saying about the nature of evil and temptation too is great. Mm-hmm, yeah, I really like what they're doing with that. With Hair Star and Hitler is kind of the you know representation of. Ultimate evil, yeah, and maybe redeemable evil, uh, <laughs> or at least seemingly redeemable evil. Spoilers for later. Uh, I don't know if either Star Hitler ever truly, uh, even Jesse. You know, it's it is. It's asking questions like that on whether you know Jesse's an evil person or you know or not. Um, he's done some pretty bad things in he's his time. Done- well, that's, I mean, he's done horrible things. Tulip has done horrible things. Cassie's yeah. done horrible things. It's not black hats and white hats in this. It's, that's, again, it's, and I have no problem with stuff like Star Wars where that's where it is, black hats and white hats, yeah. but this is it, not it, that. It has become the mission of every writer over the last 20 years to sit there and show to us that everybody has evil and good in them. It's all shades of gray, and it's just, you know, a matter of finding the limits of everybody else's depravity, you know, just where where, where they'll go. This has been what writers have been beating into us ever since, um, golly, when, when the Tolkien movies came out, I think is when it really started getting pushed on us because, you know, the Lord of the Rings movies was very black and white as far as who was good and who was bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. And it just seemed to start this steamroll of that. And, of course, you know, you've got Game of Thrones showing that. You had Galactica as a series basically showing that everybody would compromise their spoken beliefs and, you know, go down that road because they had to for whatever reason. We see it at Walking Dead as well. So I'm not surprised to see it here, especially here. That's probably why I'm drawn to it because I'm a very gray individual. <laughs> and I mean, and again, the source was the source material is coming from a lapsed Catholic, yeah. so it's again you have to factor that into it too. And as someone who's not a lapsed Catholic, who is a practicing Catholic, I can understand the arguments that Ennis is making in in the comic and on the show than what the showrunners are doing. They're perfectly valid things to now, question. He- he wrote this before Dogma came out, didn't he? Um, yeah, I can't remember. remember. The no, series was still on. Dogma was 97, I want to say. Or no, yeah. Dogma was 99. The Preacher was still being published. Nice. Yeah. Must have been, yeah. But, but, but Smith had been writing Dogma for years, so it, I, I think they're born of the same 
fruit since they're both Catholics, you know? Right, yeah, I don't think it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Their, their approach to questioning the theology. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Smith borrowed from Gareth Ennis, so. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they're, they're two vastly different works, though. Um, yeah, but it's... But they're both about God going off the reservation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If for yeah. different reasons. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, in Dogma, it's literally, yeah, she likes to go down to earth and ski ball every once in a while. Yeah, she <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's a far cry from, from what ends up. Taking to go yeah. wear a dog suit or whatever he does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, comic readers, if you, you think Preacher was a reverend, if you haven't read Chronicles of Wormwood by Gun- uh, Ennis yet, then, then you're in for a treat. If you like the whole irreverence thing, uh, I believe that actually has a priest in an orgy scene, or, you know, or like the Pope or a bishop in an actual fully nude, explicit orgy scene. So there you go, Catholics. <laughs> I love Garth Ennis. Uh, <laughs> and it's and it's different when he writes something and it's irreverent. I find it funny is when Mark Millar writes something. And it's just like, oh, you're trying too hard, man. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Doesn't, yeah. Garth doesn't have that. He just he's like, I'm going to go for it. He does. <laughs> yeah, he, he has no try. He does. Yeah. If you have the uh, the appearance of like trying to keep boundaries and lines like, oh, I don't want to cross this one. That's when you're going to get boring because you're going to you're going to piss off people equally. No matter when you start talking about religion or Jesus, you know, in a satirical or funny way or dark, funny way, you're pretty much going to piss off certain groups you know at the same level so you might as well have Jesus pissing on a priest in my opinion <laughs> might not let my girlfriend listen to this one um, <laughs> she has she watched already. the show she, yeah actually I, I made her wait to watch this episode with me because I'm an evil bastard like that and <laughs> She got all caught. I made. I I turned her on to it from season one and binge watched that with her basically, and started watching season two on her own. I'm like, you gotta stop at ten though. You have to be <laughs> for ten. <laughs> it's worth watching multiple times. Yeah, and and we survived that, so I I think we're cool. She's she's presumably coming back this weekend. It remains to be seen. <laughs> Now, is it possible that the opening scene was the conception of of Humperdoo and not the actual biblical Jesus? What do you mean? That that we were with the language that they were using because they were using you know modern modern uh, language. I think that was just a way to throw everybody off. And again, okay. and again, if you were someone who was around at that time, you would have had your own slang. Yep. So yeah. I think it was just a way to modernize it without it sounding like a biblical epic. Cause yeah, along with you would have, everybody else very white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Judas yeah. was showing up with the getaway donkeys. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and again, if you take it out of the context, you know, I'm sure Jesus spoke to his friends the same way that all of us speak to our friends. We did get the origin of the, the Grails, uh, the Grails I Love You password, though. <laughs> he finishes with her and just and hey love you <laughs> Ew, no just one night stand dude yep <laughs> but, the, but you know the grail has continued to, to use yeah. it in the same way yeah, yeah. yeah. craziness uh, 
Yeah, but uh, hats off to Seth Rogen, Sam Caitlin, and company for fucking going there. Uh, you crazy, magnificent bastards. Um, and yeah, probably got a little ratings boost from, from the protest. Bring it on. You're only going to help things. <laughs> no such thing as bad publicity. Mm-mm. Nope. Especially religious stuff, man. Because that just makes... That makes everybody everybody in that group that protested, you know, obviously had to come see it. Had to watch the show once they heard it was offensive to to realize how offensive it is. It, it always works out that way, you know. So, you know, the preacher that watches eight hours of porn because he has to know how satanic it all is. <laughs> <laughs> See, I wasn't sure this was really for from Satan until the seventh hour, and then I decided I, I should pray over it. It wasn't it. until really she asked Jesus stop. to put his finger in her butt. Yeah. It's, <laughs> no, butt sex is apparently okay. It's it's one of those Catholic passes, I understand, you know. <laughs> As we call that Irish birth, Irish birth control. Irish birth control. I think that works in a lot of cultures, actually, not just for the Irish. <laughs> you want to be not, a, you know, include anybody here. <laughs> Anal sex is birth control for any culture, kids. So we want to state that unequivocally on this show. <laughs> we don't want to restrict anal sex for anybody that wants to engage in it. It's very important to have free agency with your sex life. I don't know. Somebody put my ass to bed. I'm going. Yeah, hey, you're so lucky. Beth is not on here tonight because this. Would be- <laughs> yeah, because I wouldn't have censored myself any more than I did, and she probably would have yelled at. Neither me. would I. <laughs> it's incapable of that, especially in my current state of mind. <laughs> and what I did find out is uh, Garth Ennis actually approached Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier to pitch the film to uh, Miramax. Oh, really? Yeah, but Weinstein didn't quite understand the characterization of Jesse Custer. So we got Dogma instead. (laughs) (laughs) But no, no, this was was in uh, 2000 or so, or around around then, so Dogma had already come out. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm I'm glad, man. But they were going to have James Marsden play Jesse. Yeah, Yeah, I remember that. It was going to be an HBO thing at first. Yeah. And that would have been sweet. I mean, that would have been... This needs long form, man. You couldn't do Preacher in two hours. It's a ludicrous thought. Yeah. So I'm glad we're getting it like this, and I'm glad they they can do what they will with it. Because, I mean, imagine how much they could have turned it up on, on HBO, but fuck, I'm satisfied. You know, so we didn't get... Quinn Cannon fucking a meat puppet, but you know whatever. <laughs> we got Pumperdew. Uh, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but we, the, we 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 really need. Um, golly, what's his name? They play Quinn Cannon. Okay. Jackie Earl Haley. Haley yeah. yeah, Jackie Earl Haley. We need him back. I mean, just any role that they could put him in. The guy is gold. Even on the Tick, uh, he yeah, is gold. He's, he's great. At oh, he's on the guy. new version of the Tick. He's yeah, the he's the terror. Awesome. Yeah. All right, I haven't watched it yet, so yeah, it's good stuff. We're going to need to do one on on the first six episodes of that soon. All too. right, all right. But uh, yeah, this is kind of the one us comic fans have been waiting for, Brian. So I'm I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it as much as we did. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's uh yeah, this this story beat is one that I've been waiting for, and then uh, the uh, I'm sure they'll they'll get to it. But uh, the stuff with the uh, Langell family is the other stuff I'm waiting for. Oh my! 
Yeah. So, yeah. How far have you watched now here? Uh, I think I watched one past this one. Okay. So, yes, I did see a certain uh, a certain box. Yeah. Well, my lips are sealed. Now, yeah, I've watched, I've watched the finale this week, so. Okay. And I, I won't speak anything of it. Except to say, oh my gosh! No. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they've definitely changed some stuff. Some of the changes in the comics are being really coming really evident now. But I mean, this was like one of the the whole thing with the Grail. I didn't. I wasn't sure if they'd go with it all, man, because it's just the you can't really do part of it. You can't you can't even really introduce the Grail without going for Humperdoo, and they did. Uh, yeah, and so. Hey. I I don't see where they they wouldn't want to do it like that. Do it, do it. I'll just do it because you know when you've got something like this, the 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 whole aim is to hit the edge, and they skirted the edge so well and wrote it all the way to the end. There there was no holding back on hit the gas Thelma and Louise style and yeah, <laughs> and went right over it. <laughs> Uh, they, they nailed it. They, they nailed it perfectly. I, I, you know, I mean, I, I never read the comic book, but what they did there on screen was so much of a shocker that we just sit there and pause. It's kind of like that moment in Meet Joe Black. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, you, you just stop and you're like, "Did I just see what I saw? Is, is that really what we just saw there?" And then you get to Humperdoo and you're like, "No way!" But it makes so much sense. <laughs> I, I just really didn't see them going for the him pissing on Jesse shot, though, but they did. <laughs> I love it. He kind of reminds me of that one kid in Stargate. I'm, I'm obsessing about that too much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Every time I mention that to someone I talk to about it, they do the exact same thing you did here. <laughs> it's, oh, <laughs> yeah. Exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. The one who actually dies. Yes. In the show or the movie? The movie. movie. The kid that actually... Ever since I've seen that movie. Yeah, me too. I don't know really that. Watched me, because I love Kurt Russell. Right, yeah. And they're talking about doing a reboot or something like that, too. So I don't think oh, it's really God. Well, the, just, well, see, Roland Emmerich and Dean Devlin, they were never happy with the TV series. Yeah. yeah. So, so they, as far as they're concerned, the TV series never happened. I got all I needed out of the movie. That's their right, I guess. Yeah, me too. I never watched any of the TV series, although I heard it was really good. But I like it. I just don't have that much time in my life anymore to ever catch up on it. So That's right. Me neither. I'm glad it was a thing and people enjoyed it. <laughs> well, wasn't the first seri- first season like on Showtime? Showtime. And, and it was in like a Skinamax right. time slot, so they... You know, there, was some, there was some boobies. Yeah. There was some boobies. Yeah, yeah, the pilot, there were boobs. Huh. But I that. And then I went to syndication. So there you go. Yeah, cool. Then, and then it wasn't as much touchy feely, I guess. No, it was more no. straight up uh, pulp sci-fi. Yep. <laughs> naked lady on a table type Skinamax stuff, not sex scenes. Hmm. Hmm. I'm always a fan of. Well, since we're you talking know, about the Stargate, the does that mean that we've run out of fiction. things to say? I think so. Um, I think I did when I started this podcast. Thank God I had some stuff written down. Um, 
type down, I guess. So, uh, yeah, next week, uh, season two, uh, episode 11. I'm so fucking tired. I, I took uh, one of our, our head freaks to go, uh, his rehearsal dinner, because he's doing a wedding. God help oh, us yeah, all. Freaks uh, are, uh, are marrying people now. Marriage is what brings us together. Possibly unwell for them. Uh, well, well, let me guess. He was ordained at the Universal Life Church of Modesto, California. I think so. Something yeah. to that effect. Whatever. <laughs> you point and click. Yeah. <laughs> click. You put your credit card info here. Click this, and you can do marriages. Why not? I love this country. Um, oh, the country. I love it. So we needed to, you. if you weren't going to be able to join us on this one, Mr. Tyler, you were going to give us a little humperdoo uh, impersonation to I humperdoo. I, 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 I is pleased to see you. <laughs> Sorry. We're going to burn. We're going to burn. Oh, yeah. That's all right. All my friends will be Pee-pee? there. Pee-pee? <laughs> very good good boy that's my head <laughs> star is killing it on this show oh my god yes oh, it's, it's, yeah, I don't know I just hey, this is, this is kind of a spoiler non-spoiler and, and only the, the comic fans are going to know what I'm talking about but uh, in the last um and the talking preacher after the finale, so this doesn't really give anything away plot-wise, but it was very strongly hinted that Hairstar is going to get another makeup accessory uh, to yes. his head somewhere. So if they go... Oh, yeah, that, yeah. A very joyful person. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, I'd never seen Pip Torrens outside of this. No, me either. And and realize. so I was wondering, you know, when he starts talking, is he going to sound like a completely different person? And he's, you know, still outside of the makeup and the outfit, he's still half hair star there. In yeah. his real life persona. I'm just like, whoa, this a is... A little bit, yeah. It's, it's scary because you, you, can you imagine him at the grocery store? May I have a pound of brown schwaga? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even that movie, uh, The Danish Girl about the uh, transgender guy and he's the first doctor that the, the dude goes to see. <laughs> like, oh, wow. I see. Radiation is our friend. It will cure you of your problem. <laughs> so he's doing like, no, German with hair star. <laughs> Yep. He does a great German accent. <laughs> and yeah, I can see he just looks like you know, he should like get constant work in World War Two movies as a Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of IMDb pictures in that hat. <laughs> you think he'll show up in the next Indiana Jones film? Maybe, yeah, he would be a good <laughs> one, wouldn't he? Uh, uh, always in need of Nazis. Uh, Thirty years after the last Crusade, <laughs> what it's going to uh, supposed to nineteen sixty-eight? Okay, oh. so Indy's going to be old, er, yeah, yeah even I, more older. Did, did Han Solo, I want to call him Han Solo, did fucking Harrison Ford, like, not spend his money well or something? Or I just can't believe the man's still doing action effects, but I love it. 
Well, it, it's kind of like let's. It, it's kind of like the hair star syndrome. You know, when you had that girl at the restaurant, you know, the, the, everybody comes up to him and they say, "We need you to do this movie." Okay, we'll put butter under your chin. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the hair syndrome. Or, or no, sorry, be be. Uh, turn your head for a minute. No, no, be butter under your chin. Oh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I got to see the new uh, Blade Runner trailer when I went to see it the other day, and it, it kind of grabbed me. I kind of want to see it now, although I could not come up with any particular reason why that movie had to be made, but fuck it. Well, because it's, it's Denny Villeneuve, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's why. Because he probably was like, yeah, you know what? I want to do a sequel to Blade Runner. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> As long as the noodle guy is in it, it better be like, you're bread runner. As long as he's in it, I'll see it. You're bread runner. (laughs) If he's not in it, I'm not seeing it. Is that where James almost in it? Is Gaff coming back? I think he's, yeah, I think I read somewhere he's supposed to make a cameo, yeah. No But it has has Jared Leto in it, so I have to balance out my dislike of Jared Leto with my my like Blade Runner. Give him big, loud, villainous parts like that, and the Joker to do. He's he's pretty. I he's actually a pretty good actor. I, I think what they should do. Fucking nightmare to work with, apparently. But I think what they should do is any movie that Jared Leto is in is get Ed Norton to come in and beat the crap out of his face, just like he did in Fight Club. That was I a want beautiful. To destroy scene. something beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, invite Batman, Christian Bale back to chop him up to some Huey Lewis. <laughs> yes, Gaff uh, is back. He's on the he's on the cast list at least. Cool. Pretty sure Sean Young's not coming back because nobody wants to work with her. I guess. Yeah. I I still I'm actually kind of keeping my fingers crossed for like an aging freaking Rachel cameo. Why not? I don't know. I have no fucking clue where they're going to go with that story, so that's kind of why I'm excited about it, because it's unknown territory. But Robin Wright sure is getting a lot of activity lately. Yeah, she can get a lot of activity here if she wants. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Always had a thing for Jenny, what can I say? (laughs) I may not be a smart man, but I know what a beer is. Hey! <laughs> Lenny James uh, is also in it. You oh, know, Mor- really? Morgan. Yeah, Morgan. Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah, well, I guess they just saved his model and pumped out a newer, older one <laughs> or something. Um, Drax is in it. Friggin' uh, David Batista is in. Well, I don't nice. know. There's like they just released some web web things that are like three little short movies that are. I think they said like prequels and. I don't yeah. know, uh, Batista showed up in the the trailer I saw, but it looked like he was in one of these little prequels too, so that could be interesting. He's all yeah, way ragged and human and not Drax-like. <clears throat> yeah. All right, let's wrap this so I can... Uh, yeah, I gotta uh, do it uh, right next, so... Bad eventually, but for Weekly Heroics, thanks again, Brian Hughes, Pat Delmore, Chris Tyler... PP and uh, PP and Pumperdue. <laughs> Pumperdue. Uh, it just uh, we're rolling three more episodes to the end of the season, kids. It gets crazy. <laughs> and so we'll see you next week. Whenever next week gets here, I know.
on the next episode of AMC's Preacher. No doubt Custer has excellent qualifications, but has he agreed to this plan? Not yet, but he will. Do trust me. There is a back door. I know where God is. We gotta go. No, Jesse, you gotta go. Having her find the weapons was a good idea. But things not even high. Time to go. If you want to save your soul, you need to do something big.